everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's true. It's true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the internet, featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video and audio interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. You can... uh, find author magazine at authormagazine.org. Oh, got a new issue up, including my conversation with the wonderful Lori Frankel. She's a Seattle writer, published three books, latest book. Uh, this is how it always is. Wonderful book. Uh, she's got a very unusual approach to writing. Does Lori, she actually keeps a book open in her lap while she writes. Can you imagine that? I couldn't quite, but she does. If you want to check it out, she's got a very unusual approach Go to authormagazine.org and watch that conversation with Lori. Uh, we're also funded by the wonderful Pacific Northwest Writers Association, supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. Well, they do a great conference every year, the Pacific Northwest Writers Association Writers Conference. It happens in um, September, second week in September, here in the Seattle area. And uh, it's going to be another good one. Yes, it is. I'll be teaching there and talking about memoir and personal essay and that sort of thing. And there'll be master classes from all kinds of great teachers. You're going to want to check it out. If you haven't signed up, there's still time. You can do it at pnwa.org. All right. We got ourselves a, a rising star in the world of suspense fiction, in my opinion. Mr. Riley Sager. Riley is a former journal, uh, journalist, excuse me an editor and graphic designer, but now, now he's a full-time author. His first thriller, File Girls, was a national bestseller. It was published in 25, 25, excuse me, 25 languages, but his next book, The Last Time I Lied, is out now, and I'll bet it's doing great. Let's find out from him. Riley, how you doing? Great. How are you? Ah, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Let me ask you something, Riley. Are you a fan of the uh, World Cup? I am not. I'm not okay. a soccer follower. All right. Well, I wasn't, but I was following a game right before this. It went to penalty kicks. I wonder who won. Never you mind. Uh, Riley, <laughs> congratulations. Book number two uh, is at, it's on the shelves. Yeah, when did it come out? What was the actual pub date for this book? It, it came out today, July 3rd. Oh, oh. oh Big day, yeah. Really? Well, so how are you doing? Your baby's one day old. How do you feel? Um, Relieved. <laughs> and anxious and yeah. all those all those things that come along with doing this crazy thing that we do. Yeah. Well, okay, well before we get to final girls, we're gonna back up a little bit. Uh this is book number two, novel number two. Yeah. Uh you started your career, you were uh journalist, editor, and is that a, like a words editor? In other words, you were like a journalist editor or a book editor? What kind of editing did you do? Journalist editor. I was I was a copy editor for many years. Oh, copy editor. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're one of those. Okay. And and so how how long did you do did you do journalism and copy editing for? Oh gosh, I was in newspapers for about twenty years. Really? Yeah. Okay. So and and did you like it? Was it okay? I did. I mean, it was exciting. Like there were there were some there were you would do things that you never expected to do. Like it started when I was in college, and I got to interview celebrities and that was just so Ooh. weird to me and <laughs> like, all right like who like who 
Um, now we're not talking like major super no, celebrities, but um, yeah, like whenever someone would come to speak on campus, they'd be like, "Okay, go go interview them." So I got to interview right. John Waters. Oh, oh and you did. <laughs> wow. Valerie Harper and yeah. um, one of the Baldwin brothers. I forget which one. It wasn't Alan. <laughs> And so that's kind of odd, isn't it? Because you're used to seeing them like on television or probably on television. And then suddenly there they are right in front of you. It's a very different experience, isn't it? Yeah, but also very humbling. I mean, because they're human. Like it's it, yes. when you're meeting them face to face and sitting with them and, you know, watching Valerie Harper drink her tea. Like it, yeah. it just it makes them more human than these people that you see on the screen and think that they're just immortal because you see them every yeah. day on the screen yeah yeah wow so okay so you, that you so you started the journalism thing was right in college and so from college and so i assume that transitioned into a, some kind of a job once you left once you left school yes i went yep straight from college straight to my my first newspaper job and i was there in newsrooms in new jersey for yeah almost 20 years yeah. Well, and the journalists I know um, who stuck with it for a little while before moving to fiction um, really credit that time for sort of teaching them just really how to just form a sentence, you know, and how to be kind of ruthless in their storytelling. Did Was that the same for you or something like that anyway? Oh, no, totally. Like I, I learned yeah. so much from that because – you do like the newspaper world you write for clarity there's right. not room occasionally you can get flowery with your <laughs> with your reportage but for the most part just make sure it's clear to the reader and so you right. learn so much about sentence structure and clarity and the best way to pass information on to the reader and you learn right. about deadlines <laughs> yeah and and did you meet all your deadlines riley I were you did. a good yes, deadline? You were. Oh, okay. And so, so you did that for a while, and um, and you started getting your chops. Now, a lot of times, uh, it kind of goes just a couple different ways. But people who write novels generally, generally, always wanted to write novels, but were like, I don't know if I want to try and like do this thing. It's like, how do you make a living? Blah blah blah. Was that the, true for you, or were you just like? I'll do any I, I writing is writing I don't care. Oh no, I totally wanted to write novels. Okay. That's <laughs> right. that's, that's that been, was yeah, I I think and it this it, it's truly you know say like every newsroom is filled like with 50% buddy novelists, probably that is correct. And oh, I was wow. I was one of them. All right. And so did you though like from like so you're 24-year-old guy or whatever and you're and you're in the newsroom, are you trying to write your first novel too, or was it just head down? Let me learn how to do this kind of thing. Oh no, I, I would, I was writing all along. Like I'd get home from work and then just sort of try to work on the fiction side of things. Wow. That's, that seems, you know, that's a, like I did the job and writing thing, but I was a waiter. Cause I was like, I do don't want a career that actually like uses my attention in a way that's significant. And I would think journalism would, could, could be a little draining and maybe leave you without a lot of energy at the end of the day. It it was a little bit, but because the, the, the styles are so different, 
Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd be editing art, an article about a murder or about <laughs> or something. <laughs> right. And, and, and sometimes, in the case of crime stories, it was inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so your first book was published. When did did uh, the Final Girls come out? Was it two years ago? Was it? It was last summer. Final last Girls summer. came okay. out roughly oh. this time last summer. Yes. Oh, you busy man. Okay, good. All right. So spend some time. And so were there? That was your first. The last. The Final Girls was your first published book. But were there a bunch of books that weren't published that you finished and tried to sell? Did you Did you go through that a fair amount? Well, it's it's interesting that you bring this up because I have published other books under my real name. Riley Sager is a pseudonym. Right. Oh, okay. And and so there have been unpublished novels, and then there were published novels under a different name while I was still in newspapers. And I then there was see. Final Girls, which was Riley Sager's debut and just became this enormous thing that I had no idea would become, so... <laughs> All right, so I didn't. I knew this was a, a pseudonym, but I did not know that you had published other books. Ah, okay. Yes. So, uh, and what sort of books were those? Do you want to talk about? Um, it was them it all? was a mystery um, series, small okay. town mysteries. Right, but not suspense so much. Not necessarily. Crime. Yeah, not yeah. psychological suspense like I write now. So, okay, so talk to me about first about Final Girls. So what made you, what, okay, what switch, like, for instance, Jeffrey Deaver. You ever heard of Jeffrey Deaver? Of course. So we, we were talking to him about he had written a whole bunch of cozy mysteries, and they kind of did okay, but he was like, I want to do something different. I want to get something that gets my heart pounding like Eye of the Needle and Day of the Jackal and said, I want to write a book that takes place in one day. And that's when his career went, and he started writing these, you know, heart-pounding fast-paced suspense novels. So what switched for you to want to change gears and write Final Girls? Kind of the same thing. I, my, my, oh, yeah? I, 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 my goal was always to be a full-time writer, that I can make my living writing these books. And right. with the series that I had been writing, it just wasn't happening. Right. And I knew career-wise, okay, I, I need a change. And... Quite honestly, the, the journalism world being what it is, yeah. Um, my newspaper got rid of about half of the newsroom, <laughs> including wow. me, and wow. so I suddenly had the time to, okay, I can I can do this. Hopefully, I can do this. And it was just sort of thinking of this idea that could really stand out, and I, I had the idea for Final Girls, which is about a, a, a group of these three women who survived these massacres that sort of are right out of a horror movie. Right. And I got the idea while watching the movie Halloween. And Jamie Lee Curtis's <laughs> character <laughs> yes. is like the quintessential final girl. Yeah, yeah. And watching it, I just was thinking, what if this was a real thing in real life in that these people went through these horror movie type massacres and right. they became sort of media celebrities Right. And what would happen if one of them died under mysterious circumstances and the other two finally meet and things get really scary from there on? Now, do you – so you said like like I, I, like Hall, it was Halloween, right? That, that, that was yes. The Jamie Lee, right. 
Do you like that kind of movie? I do. Oh. I, I like the, the old school horror movies. I mean, I don't like too much violence, but right. I do like a good scary movie. You do? Okay. Boy, I don't. They scare me. <laughs> I get all, I get so weird. So how do you, I mean, I often can appreciate how they're made, but I don't like to be scared. Why do you like to be scared? Tell me. I don't know. I wish I could. <laughs> I'm sure there's, I'd be perfect for some kind of like psychological study about right. that. Right. I it's just you get when you're sitting in a dark theater and the adrenaline is pumping and you can tell that the whole audience is sort of together in this scary thing. Oh, like, interesting. When I saw the, the Sons of the Lambs, yeah. and I'm dating myself God. here, I saw opening night. Wow. And it was a full theater and just the scene where she's in the basement. Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, I didn't and like the to whole think about audience, it. Right, and the whole audience, you could feel it. We were all, like, one in our fear. Yes. And it was just yeah. such a great movie-going experience. Wow. That's so interesting. You're the first person I've heard it describe it that way as a sort of group experience, that you're, like, all holding hands <laughs> to sort of get through it. That's very cool. And so, and so that means you must, you must bring that love of, the, of scare to your book. You have, right? The the lover of being scared now loves to scare people. Is that fair? That is fair. I, I definitely try to. It's 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 different when you're writing it because sometimes you just don't know if it's working or not. Yeah. And because yeah. As, now that I'm the creator, I'm thinking in the back of my head, is this scary or is this just dumb? Right. <laughs> and how do you answer that? Because on some level, I, you got to like, no, I think you know, like maybe you picture it. What do you do? How do you do? How do you answer that? I sort of think of what am I? What are my own fears? What uh-huh. gets me scared? And right. hopefully that applies to other people. Like I knew right. kind of just by nature of the subject matter and the way and the structure I wrote it that Final Girls was kind of intense. Yeah. With with last time I lied. I was fairly surprised when I started seeing early reviews saying, oh, my gosh, this scared me so much. It's so creepy. Because <laughs> I, when I was writing that one, I'm like, oh, I don't think this is really scary. It's oh, man, you had me scared from the first page of that book. <laughs> no, seriously. I was like, oh, God, it's so creepy. <laughs> right away. So you did it to me anyway, but I'm an easy one. Uh, so, so you did succeed with so you so you so you weren't sure with last time I lied if it was scary. There was something different about writing that that made you question whether it was creepy or not. Yeah, because it with with Final Girls it definitely played with horror movie conventions, and I sort of right. followed some and upended others, and there was very much this built-in okay, this is a scary book element, right. Right. But with Last Time I Lied, just the nature of the story, it's just a, it's a different story. And I was worried, not necessarily worried, but cognizant that it wasn't going to be the same reading experience. Right, right. But it turns out well, that I guess I made it pretty creepy. <laughs> so good. I'm happy about that. Yes. Well, so, so let's go back just a little bit. So Final Girls comes out and boom, it's a big bestseller. 
what was that like for you? Because you're writing and thinking you've been wanting to write all your life, and you wrote these novels, and I did okay. And now, kapow. How did you feel? What, what was that like for you? I, I describe it as sort of an out-of-body experience in that uh, yeah. I, I knew it was happening. Like, I could see that... that that it was, you know, things were happening. You know, Stephen King was tweeting about it and gave a blurb, and it was in Entertainment Weekly. And right, but because like my situation, you know, I was still, you know, still living in the same place, right. still trying to write another novel. It right. felt like this is my normal world, and there's this other alternative universe out there where all these things are happening. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. And isn't it, it was very, it was very surreal to be. You know, I, I don't get dressed up during the day because I don't go anywhere when I'm writing. Right. So it's just, you know, I'm in my jeans and a stained T-shirt, and there's Whoopi Goldberg on The View talking about my book. <laughs> and Wow. That must have been weird. That must so have been weird. weird. So very weird. Wonderful, but just hard to wrap it, my head around it. Don't you have to kind of like, this isn't supposed to happen to me. This is just me. Somebody else gets the... Whoopi Goldberg talks about someone else's book. I mean, it was, the first all, time it was I, definitely that. Yeah, this this shouldn't be happening to me. I don't. Right. This doesn't happen in my life. Yeah. Right. Oh, but it was, and now it's the new normal, kind of. And so, you know what? It, one of the best descriptions of that. So, uh, uh, Yann Martell wrote the book, uh, "The Life of Pi," which got made into a movie a while back, and it won the Man Booker Prize, and it went. As he just, I interviewed him for his next book, but it was, he said it went global. The book just went nuts, right? So it was this huge international phenomenon. And I said, so what was that like? And he's like, you know, I wasn't famous. The book was famous. No one, I was just this guy with this weird name, but nobody knew me, but everybody knew the book. And that's kind of the life of the writer. Usually you can walk down the street safely, for instance, I would imagine. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's a perfectly good description because when, you know, this Final Girls has been published around the world and I occasionally will get updates about things. You know, someone will send me a picture of like posters in like the subway, like somewhere, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like here's here's a whole stack of your books in Turkey and. Right. But it just, it's just so just, far removed from my existence that it's yeah. it's like, yeah, Riley Sager's another person enjoying this whole wonderful trip around the world. Yeah. Well, do you do you do events at all? Do you go out and do any readings or anything? Sometimes for suspense they don't do it. Do you did you do any? Not really for, for final girls. It wasn't until it took off that I started yeah. to get invitations to speak places. Yeah, yeah. And I was invited to yeah. these book festivals. Um, now, for last time I lied, I am doing a mini book tour. I'm doing three stops and then following that with a thriller fest in New York. In oh, okay. That'll be fun. Two weeks, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's coming up. Well, I guess the reason I ask is, you know, if you, how, you know, the, how does the writer understand, because it's such a strange relationship to the readers. If you wrote, Young adult fiction, you'd be hearing from your readers a ton, probably. That's the nature of those readers. But adult suspense reader, writers don't hear from their fans so much. And so it's harder to, to have that feeling of your work being received and appreciated. So how do you get that experience? 
aside from Actually, the numbers on the New York Times or whatever. Social media really is great for bringing you into contact with readers. And it's funny you mention young adult because quite to my surprise and my publisher's surprise, Final Girls and Now the Last Time I Lied have quite a young adult following. Interesting. How'd they find it, I wonder? I don't know. <laughs> I really, I, I don't know. It, it, it shocked me when, for, for instance, um, Lisa Gardner yeah, yeah, was the first yeah. person to, to blurb it. And when right. she gave her blurb, she said, my 13-year-old daughter saw this in the mail, read it in a day, and told me I had to drop everything to read it. Really? Really? And that got us thinking, like, so, wow, are there teenage girls, like, really into this? And it turns out that there are, yes. Wow. See? Now, I bet you hear from them a little bit. I hear from them all the time on Instagram. Oh, on Instagram? Yes. <laughs> and, what, and what do they tell you? Do they say, I was so scared, it's so awesome, it's, I love your book? What do they say? Oh, just, you know, thanks for writing this, such a great book, and they'll take, you know, like, creepy pictures of it. Right. Like, I've, I've, seen a, I've seen a lot of pictures of Final Girls, like, here's the copy of Final Girls with, like, a knife with, like, ketchup on it to look like <laughs> and... Oh, that's awesome. Oh, how fun is that? See, it's nice. It is, it's so, a blast. You're so, you're so alone. I mean, I don't know. Are, are, do you have a partner? Are you in a relationship or anything? Or are you just... Yes, you I'm a, married, yes. Okay. So, you know, we have a... That's nice. But, you know, it's such an isolated work we do. Uh, it's nice to know that it's out there, like, rippling through the world, besides our Amazon listing, you know? To hear from oh, human it beings. totally is. Because it is <sighs> such a lonely... My days are spent just with my laptop and yeah. my characters. <laughs> and yeah. some days it's just, you know, it's nice just to get out of the house. Like I'll go to the yeah. grocery store and start chatting up to the cashier. Because <laughs> <Right. I'm... laughs> yes, it's true. It's true. I, you know, I have clients and I like it because it gives me people to talk to. I mean, I like interviewing too. It's another opportunity, but it's true. It's, it's, you're sort of just, you're sitting there and you're sitting there. With your, with, and your characters are pretty good company. That's the weird thing. They can be, can't they, in their own way? They can be, except if they, when they refuse to cooperate. Oh. And you can't. You better listen like, to them, Why Riley. are you saying the things I want you to say? You've got to listen to them. If they're telling you. I don't know. Do you outline? Are you an outliner? Totally an outliner. Oh, yes. Oh, see. That's tough. The characters sometimes don't like your outlines. They don't always like they them. They don't. And I, what I do you find do? myself... You have to eventually – there, there comes a point when if you're struggling with something for so, much, so long where you have to just stop and be like, okay, this is not working, and I'm not going to make it work. Good, good. The yeah, current yeah. way that we're trying to do things. Yeah, yeah. It, you, I think it's a very important lesson every writer has to learn. You know, whether, you know, I know there are, there are plenty of, of suspense writers and mystery writers who, to my amazement, don't outline a stitch. You know, it's really they have a body. They don't know who killed it and they're going to find out kind of thing, you know. And then there are suspense writers like yourself who do outline. But I think either way, you got to there will come a time where something's going to surprise you. And I I just I am committed to the idea that you've got to honor the surprise, you know, no matter how detailed your outline, I think. But oh, no, what do you like? Yeah. With last time I lied, the 
there are multiple twists in that book, and the sort of big final twist, which I will not give no. away in any regard, no. <laughs> didn't occur to me until halfway through the writing of it. Ah, uh, yeah. It was like at midnight, and it just came to me. And I was like, this is what happened. Right. And then I couldn't sleep that night because I was just so excited <laughs> about, like, oh, this is this is what we're going to do now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And those are the ones, for me, those are the, the realizations that I really trust. When it comes to me like that, where I didn't see it coming, to some degree I feel like that's the stuff I can I think will do the best, will have the best resonance, that is the sort of truest the stuff that surprises me. I have to say, I trust my plans less than what inspires and surprises me sometimes, if that makes sense. No, I'm, I'm the same way. I can do a lot of outlining and I do. And then invariably something new will just pop up. Like this great idea will just tap me on the shoulder and be like, hi, yeah. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Write it, baby. When they come knocking, you got to listen. you got to listen. Well, this is great. It appears to me you have not – well, maybe it helped because you had a first series, uh, so this really wasn't truly your second book. But, you know, there is that second book syndrome. It sounds like you have not suffered with that at all. You haven't let success confuse you. I'm very happy to hear that. And so I assume you're hard at work on book number three if it's not written already. I am still in the process of writing it. Yeah, and it's always I keep thinking that oh it'll get easier. <laughs> it doesn't get easier. <laughs> yeah. Now you'd get bored if it got easier. You want it to stay. Yeah, you know every time you sit down the page is just as blank as the as the novel before, huh? It, it, it you is. Gotta, yeah. I'll, here's here's here, here's some here's something I heard from Alice Hoffman, who lovely writer. Uh, who's written a lot of lot of books. She's written like 30 books. She told me that when she sits down to write her book, every time she sits down, she thinks, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to write a novel. It's like she has to, she feels like she has to relearn it every single time. So if you feel a little bit like that, Riley, you're in good company. You're not the only I, one. I feel a lot like that. And yes, thank you, Alice Hoffman, for saying that. That's how it works. Because it's new. Even though if you write, a, even though you're writing in a genre where obviously there's certain uh, conceits you work with and certain out, you know, a certain tempo you're looking for. It's a different book. You can't use the same tricks you l- used last time. You've got a different characters, different everything. And so you've got to kind of, you have to reinvent the wheel, but you got to remember how to make a wheel. If nothing else, it's just different every time. It, it really is. And sometimes it's easier. Like final girls flowed out of my, you know, it just was really flowing from oh. my fingers to the keyboard to the page and, beautiful wow. and yeah. the last time i lied was the complete opposite of that oh oh it was oh so you did yeah. go through a little bit of oh okay um, oh there was a ton and, of rewriting yes yeah did was your editor helpful or was that mostly through you it was my my editor is brilliant maya ziv at dutton books is just oh. the nicest person on earth and she's so smart and she pushed me she'd be like this is missing something and I don't know what it is. And I would find good. that really unhelpful. No, <laughs> that's good. It's better than her telling you what it is. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'd, I'd be like, why don't you just tell me? And I don't <laughs> think she quite knew, but she knew that I'd figure it out eventually. That's right. It's helpful because you know why she can't know. Cause the book's not in her, but she can just feel the missing thing. It's true. Yes. I, I, when they tried, I had a, 
I had an editor literally write sentences for me. And I was like, dude, these are perfectly good sentences, but they do not sound like me even a little bit. You can't, you can't do it. You can tell, you can tell me what is missing, but don't write them for me. It just doesn't, it's never going to work, you know, no matter how good a writer you are. And, and she's, it's, it's really necessary to have someone who will tell you what you need to hear, but not do it for you. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. That's your job. Oh, well, Riley, uh, congratulations on the publication of, uh, the last time I lied, I bet it does great. If it scares Thank everybody you. as much as it scared me, I'm sure it will. <laughs> uh, but I'm not done with you yet. I'm not done with you yet. I got one more question for you. Uh, okay. What I'd like you to do is finish this sentence. If writing has taught you anything, it's taught you what? Patience. Yeah. Yeah. I bet this last book taught you patience. It it did, and the current one is too, actually. Oh no, you, I'm sorry. Because you, it's, <laughs> it's not. Well, no, it's it's you can't. It it's it's a process every time, and it's a very lengthy process. And I think yeah. a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah, patience. Boy, you can never have. I can. You can. Parenting taught me that too, and you can never have enough of it. It is impossible, I think, to be too patient. It's just, uh, there's no bottom to that well. Well, Riley, congratulations. I hope this book kills, and, and good luck with book number three. Thank you very, very much. It was a you great are time welcome. talking to you. All right, take it easy. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, patience, people. Patience, patience. Listen, I do these shows. Listen, I want to help. I want to help. That's what I do. I like to help people. And I hope these conversations are helpful to you, whether you like to write or don't. And if you find them helpful... The best thing you can do is, 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 is say so on iTunes. Recommend it on iTunes. Like it on iTunes. That way other people can find it and they can be helped too. I will be back next week with another show. Until then, be patient. Relax. It's okay. Find something you love. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.